Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Sacred Rebel. And today I invited Jen. Jen Williamson is in the Netherlands, and we met through our intuitive coaching program. And she's an incredible human. And this is our conversation. Yeah, welcome, um, listeners, but also just for us to be together, Kristen, we have the most wonderful, expensive conversation when we talk to together. And yeah, I'm just excited to see what will unfold today. I know, me too, me too. So because you are so, you're such a playful person, <laughs> I really wanted to start off the conversation around play and maybe you can give the listeners a little intro to you and just how you got to where you are today, a little bit of your story for them to connect to. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I am Dutch and I was born here and I grew up here. And I studied psychology and I worked as a clinical psychologist for around a year and a half, something like that. And I, I it's so funny that this is something that you start off with because although I always had that playful energy inside of me, um, you know how when you look back to photos of yourself from when you were a very young child or maybe even videos, mom and dad or your grandfather grandparents made of you and you see you see who you were in that really pure the almost the purest and most innocent version of you right you see mm -hmm. in those first few years and then if you look at photos of yourself over time I've did I've done that once you can kind of see how you were transforming and what I saw is that I was transforming further away from that innocent or playful energy and I was, okay, we go straight into the death, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> How could we not? Um, but I was looking at photos from when I was 18 and the years around that period, like in my end teenage years. And I just saw a girl who was really like bogged down by everyone's energy around her and by the way kind of the weight of the world on her shoulders a very heavy energy very like there was this density all around that has formed itself all around that playful energy that I used to have when I was born and in those first years and then I started to study psychology and at the end of like my period of working in, in the field for around a year and a half, I almost got into a burnout. Um, not completely, luckily, I could prevent it and start to make some really necessary and good changes. But this is when I start to make that pivotal change to actually like walking back, like rewinding, like what were all the things and the energies and the beliefs and all of that that accumulated myself on top of my essence, my unique energetic signature which is for me is very playful and I started to undress all those layers and this is also around the time that you and I met 
through our Intuition Wisdom Institute. And this was like the, the walk home. And when I, once I started to reconnect with my own unique energy, like my essence, and I could feel that again, it felt like I just had come home. Um, but it also felt like I could just give myself permission to be fully me and to, and that is a very playful version as it happened to be. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I love, I admire your ability to step back and, and really play and experience pleasure. And something that you and I spoke about recently was how do you raise your capacity to receive pleasure and joy in your life um, because I feel like we're so conditioned to be workers um, and hustle and just to keep going, 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 doing, doing, doing. And I know, you know, so much of when you and I speak, you're constantly inviting me into more being. And I know that I know that you, you and I are very similar in that way and <laughs> that we feel that pressure. And sometimes it's like, am I being for too long? Like when does something start happening now? Mm -hmm. um, and it's so interesting because it's like, we're constantly trying to cut off that beingness, that, that pleasure, that joy. It's like, okay, I, it's time to work now. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I remember I once I was listening to someone on YouTube and they, they were speaking about how they were working together with their spouse. And if they would have a, an interaction with the two of them together, they would be just this playful kind of couple. But then they would go into work mode. And this woman said, I just saw my 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 um, spouse's entire being shift into something very serious and very stiff and now we need to work now the work needs to get done there's a time for play and there's a time for all the serious stuff and the responsibilities and um like it was such a big shift that she noticed and when i heard her say that something really clicked with me because i realized i was doing the same thing mm -hmm. when i was with friends i was um just me you know we were having fun or being playful with each other and all the things and then I thought once I started to work on my business okay now I have to get back to work <laughs> and, and for a while this was around the time I was working on um, my own startup and I guess also around transitioning into my coaching uh, adventure I I started to dislike it I started to dislike the structures or the to-do list or the oh now I have to work on my business again not that I I was completely passionate about what I was doing but just the energy I didn't like myself in the energy that I was in and I didn't know how I could stay who I was with friends how I could bring that same energy into when I was just working on my business like for some reason it felt like I had to shape shift <laughs> into a different being which mm -hmm. is just not the truth do you recognize that from with yourself? Definitely. Which is why I feel like we've connected so deeply because we're both trying to build businesses that we have so much fun with, you know, and that it doesn't even feel like work. Mm. Um, I definitely feel we're on very similar journeys from that perspective and really challenging 
and dismantling all the ways that people say you should create your business. And, you know, we're, ste- we're stepping back from that and saying, what feels good to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, okay. like I definitely, I, this is something that I struggle with, you know, because I was, I feel like I was working and hustling ever since I was a kid. I don't know that I even really feel like I had much space for play. Even when like my sister and I would play, we, we would do things like run a business, you know, or like, let's, you know, build forts and like create, you know, I'm going to create like a little cash register here and, Um, you know, it was like, we were building businesses. It's like, that was the environment that I grew up in was this hard work mentality. Mm. Yeah. Which is so funny that you say that because when I was, um, I think I was around eight or something. My dad bought me this cashier and I had so much fun with it. Like I absolutely love playing like I was working in some sort of supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> so what I did was that I looked inside my mom's storage and I would see what she was needing. <laughs> so I thought, okay, mom's going to buy butter soon. She's going to buy a soda drink and banana. So I went to the supermarket and I bought soda drink, bananas and butter. And then I took it to my supermarket in the research is my bedroom really. And I priced all the items like 10 cents, euro cents higher than the supermarket. <laughs> and, then, and then I let her come to my bedroom to go for shopping. And I just had so much fun. I was just playing with my mom, playing cashier. And I now have my niece. She's a year and a half. And you, you know how much of an inspiration she is for me. Like I speak about her all the time. Mm-hmm. But she, my, my mother... Um, my mom gave a supermarket to her with like all plastic things or, you know, not actual products, but she absolutely adores it. She's playing in it all the time. And then, you know, I, I do as if I buy a carrot and then she asks money of me and all the things. And then I thought, why do we, why do we drop that whole energy where there's actually, in fact, nothing that there's changing <laughs> because we are just, um growing older (laughs) but we can still play if there's no difference really but why does it become such a difference and that's just i think the whole perception we have on it and all the societal beliefs around it and all those things yeah and i'm actually sitting here thinking and wondering about why is it that we play in a form of work, um, you know, and, and try to like accept money from people. Like, is that, is that really what play is? I don't know. It's like, do we need to redefine what play is or what work is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe both get a different definition when they are merged together because then they become really intertwined because mm-hmm. when we speak about our life's mission um have you watched that movie soul Kristen? yes yeah you know 
maybe we should not reveal the clue of the story, but <laughs> <laughs> a lot of about about it is is thinking our mission is really to have joy <laughs> yeah. in life, and the path of the most joy for us leads to leads to fulfilling our mission we've been given a mission that will be most joyful for ourselves and and bring so much fulfillment and pleasure so this is what i started to do when i quit my job in the nine to five and i went i, I quit my job i booked a ticket to australia for four months but it took me a year to come back i loved it so much but i dropped everything i went from working in the nine to five to going to Australia, I found like a really lovely job in a in a pub. I had no kinds of difficult in-depth conversation or taking care of, of at the time it felt like taking care of people's problems. Now I know better, of course, but none of that. It was very simple. It was just me wandering around following where life led me, what I wanted to do next. And there was no pressure. I had enough money for the whole year. I could just literally do what I wanted to do and explore myself. And this was actually when I started to get like really lovely ideas. And I just felt that little butterfly excitement of like, ooh, this is a cool idea for an app. Maybe I could create that. Maybe what What if? What if there would be such a thing? And I started to try and experiment. I had so much fun. And that grew bigger and grew bigger. And it led me to a journey of a few years. And although it didn't became the thing I do now, I did start to see how, what if we would just follow our joy? Yeah. What if that's the path? It's so interesting because there's, it, I know that so much of my life has been related to finding my purpose. And even, I mean, you mentioned the movie Soul, the movie Coco, and also the movie Kung Fu Panda, like they're also about finding purpose. Mm -hmm. And I heard something recently, some sort of stat around like 70% of the population is in that space of seeking purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and I was, I was just thinking that you know, even me asking the question, is it play that needs to be redefined or work that needs to be redefined is still me perpetuating the belief that they need to be separate, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what we're doing right now on our journeys and like on our journey now, and like you said, in Australia, and I had a similar experience coming out of corporate, um, you know, I'm, I'm a nomad right now, you know, traveling the U S and, and building my business along the way. It's like, we're, we are looking for that way to mesh the two. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just so interesting that we put so much pressure on finding purpose when, I believe that our purpose is really to be us. Yeah. Just be us, you know, and people put so much pressure on what is my purpose. And I mean, people spend a lot of years and heartache on this and, you know, they're working hard and they're wondering why they're not getting noticed. They're not getting the promotions that they want. They're not getting the opportunities that they want. 
and they're not finding that happiness. Mm -hmm. But it's always, I feel like it's so much simpler. Like purpose is not something you need to learn how to do. It's just innate within you. Yeah. And we go busy looking outside of it, outside of us for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and even, even the word work, I'm curious if you have the same, but I, I don't, I feel nothing with that word. I don't even resonate with it. Like I remember I was sitting in the garden with my sister the other day and she said to me, Jen, do you have to, do you have to do, what are you going to do today? You have to work. And I was thinking, do I have to work? I have (laughs) two sessions. I'm going to do a live in my group. Do I have to work? No, I'm just going to play. Like all of the things are, are just what I absolutely love to do. So I, I knew what she meant, but I didn't feel like I could answer that question really how she meant in the way that she meant it. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) And in fact, I noticed myself resisting things that I feel are like work. Um, So administrative things I don't love doing, you know, so sometimes I'm really resistant to going in my emails and cleaning my emails up or, um, you know, when I, when it's about me showing up to teach mm-hmm. and, and, or do readings for people, that's when I'm just like, this doesn't, this is not work at all. Like this isn't, this feels good to me. I feel so lit up and just so expanded in doing this, like, this is what I want to keep doing. Yeah. Oh, isn't that an amazing feeling? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have to say what I, what I recently had to shift through was that I thought if I'm just going to play (laughs) and be my playful self and I have more energies within that reach but if i'm just going to express all of me then i won't will be taken seriously because a lot of the things i do or speak about are in the imagination in the imaginative realm or i use really childlike analogies or i just approach things in a certain way and i think i I need to be serious i need to you know, sit in a certain way and and share my message in a certain way so that people will take it seriously. That was one of the things that for me personally, when I look back at my first like YouTube video creation to what I like the evolution in that regard I had to go through was really clear all those sorts of beliefs so that I felt like I could show up or be in public how I really am. And that that would be perfect. I have such a big smile on my face because I think deep down, I was hoping we would get to this space. <laughs> um, this is something that I'm, I'm honestly working through as well. And one of the reasons why I decided I wanted to start a podcast is because I wanted a space where I could be completely uninhibited and completely me. And that means that I get to talk about those things. I get to talk about my spirit animals and going on journeys to other planets and meeting the Palladians and all of those things that prior Kristen would have thought was completely crazy. Mm. And 
that is, you know, a part of me that I don't readily show on social media because I don't know how it's going to be perceived. I don't know. It's sometimes I'm like, it's too much too fast. And, you know, people, people won't understand me or it might scare people off away from me and my business, you know, because maybe they think I can't relate to them. Mm. Yeah. I remember you said to me when one of our sessions together that you channeled for me, um, something similar. You said you're worried that if you, because you move so fast, if you're going to share all the things that you want to speak about where you are at in the things you experience, then people will not understand, but it's not about, you have to just go at the pace that you're going at yeah. and the right people will tag along. That's right. Because both of us, I know you too, out evolve ourselves so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just this rapid, it's not that we're out evolving ourselves, but it's just this rapid evolution journey that we're on. Yeah. Um, and you're absolutely right in that I'm, I'm tired of tempering. Yeah. I don't want to temper anymore. Like this is who the fuck I am. And <laughs> like, and, and I love the space that I'm in. I love that I'm seeing the things that I'm seeing. I went yesterday to Sedona and I went into a tachyon uh, crystal chamber and these chambers, I don't know a ton about them, but they're basically built um, to connect with um, the Palladians and, mm. you know, basically like you, you lay in this, uh, pyramid. It's, it's like the size of, it's supposed to be a replica of one of the great pyramids. Um, but you lay in, um, inside of it and, you know, you just feel this energy portal being created around you. Wow. Um, and my experience. So I went in yesterday thinking I was going to like, you know, astral travel or um, have all these like crazy visions and um, and I didn't. So what happened was I ended up experiencing a lot of energy. So I could feel tingling. I could feel chills and heat in my body. And I did get one vision. I also felt um, like a, a vortex energy swirling underneath me just very slightly and the one vision that I got was of me on this table and I saw all these beings around me and they were just working on my body, um, just like optimizing my vessel basically. Um, and then sending me like information. And it was so funny because I kept like, as I went in there, I was like setting the intention. I was like, whatever like messages I need to bring back or like whatever needs to like come through me as a message here, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm prepared, you know, and I kept hearing like, shut up, like stop talking, <laughs> <laughs> like stop, you know, because that's me trying to make it a mental experience. That's me trying to you know, in, in human design, I'm defined um, in my head. And so I am, I tend to be a very mental person, like for as intuitive as I am, I'm still very mental in the way that I process things. So, um, but it was really interesting. And then 
you know, so she came in and she asked me how my experience went. I was like, well, I just had one vision. I was hoping to like go on a whole journey. And, um, and as I was leaving, um, I was driving and I got the message to pull over, like pull, just pull over. And I was like, okay, like when I get too good and they're like, no, pull over now. And then I wrote down in my notebook, um, the sacred rite of passage. Um, what else did I say? The sacred rite of passage. Um, committing to the, to the journey within oneself. Mm. And then I got, this is what you will teach. And then I got $10 million. So (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm hoping I just find a bag of $10 million somewhere, but (laughs) Um, yeah, like that's, and then they, and then they said, that's enough for now. So that was the message that I got after that. And then I haven't, I haven't had any other downloads related to that, Um, but I did sleep really well last night. I bet. Um, That's amazing. It just felt like another piece of the puzzle of your mission or new level of clarity. I would say, so I, what I'm feeling is that there's going to be this sacred rite of passage. I, I actually feel that it's going to be some sort of like ritual slash teaching that I do, but it feels relevant to the intuitive work that we do as well, because Mm. intuition is a hundred percent, um, a rite of passage. And to me, it's just such an honor and a privilege to be teaching this work. Like we do, we both teach by the way, um, to people listening, both of us teach this work. Um, to me, that's all a part of it. And that journey, that complete commitment to yourself, intuition is such a huge part of that because it's 100% about fully accepting who you are Mm. from within, not like what have you achieved and received in this lifetime. It's like, who are you without any of that stuff? Absolutely. What does rite of passage mean, by the way? I don't, I don't know those words. I would say it's like the it's like a divine honor to go on a journey. Is mm. what I would say. It is a divine journey. You know, it's like you've accepted that mission to go on this journey. Right. Yeah. That's how I interpret it at least. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's everything with intuition work, right? Your interpretation of it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I think I think the areas where we feel like, oh, I don't I don't think I, I dare to go there. I don't think, you know, but you there's this pool because you you are curious, you are feeling there's something there, but you're actually a little bit afraid, but or there's some resistance, but actually that way, the where you don't where you feel resistance to go towards is probably 
the direction that you should go towards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which will be you leading yourself deeper within you. But also walking deeper into your mission work and what comes out of that. Because every time I had those stepping stones of like, even it was even if it was something very different that was coming up in a session that I was guided to do, which had never happened before. And I was like, should I just stick to what I know or should I just be completely like a lot of the intuitive intuitive work we do in sessions is full surrender and full surrender into the guidance that's coming through, even though you have no idea where this is going to lead, right? Like I had sessions, most of my sessions, I have no idea what is going to happen mm-hmm. or if it's going to be anything good. The all I know what to do is to trust my connection. And that's actually when the most magical things happen. Yeah. And so following that pull into where you're being like that little whisper, I have found that that's going to lead to another part of your gifts and another understand another layer of understanding of all the incredible things you can do on this earth. And you just have to sur- surrender to walking that path further and further and, and have bravery there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, um, so on this journey, I've, I've obviously met a lot of different people and I just keep getting guided to these different things. You know, like I specifically went to Sedona yesterday to go to that tachyon chamber, which I had never heard of before. Um, but I had seen an energy healer here. And one of the things that she said to me was that you know, the guides that she was connected to were saying that I've completely transformed who I am. And to me, it was like, you know, I was there with her to hear that message. Mm -hmm. I was there because I felt this deep resonance of being seen. I felt like I saw myself, you know, not just because she said that to me, but because it made me see myself. Mm -hmm. And then she guided me to the tachyon chamber. And recently um, before that, I had gotten a message that it was time to leave earth. And I was very confused by the message because I didn't know if I was transitioning or what was happening. But um then I, I got clarity on that message and that it was, there was new information for me to pick up. Um, and from my home planet, I'll just say it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on a journey and I picked up messages around, like it, it felt like, you know, so I went on my spirit animal, the dragon And we landed on this planet and these beings came up and, and said to me, welcome home. And then I literally sat down and, and it's like, I could feel all of this energy transmitting into my body. Mm. And, you know, very similarly with the tachyon chambers, like I felt all this energy moving through. There were times that I had like rapid eye movement and, um, you know, like it, it felt like my body was twitching. It was like, there was so much information coming in. Um, very similar in that way. And that I was receiving this information. And in that journey, I felt 
that I am here to teach. Like that was very clear to me, you know, and I, I've already been starting to teach and, you know, dipping my toes in a little bit, but they made it very clear to me that if I withhold my wisdom, all the wisdom that I have, and I'm somebody who's an avid learner. So I think I'm always trying to learn more. I never think I know enough to start teaching. Mm -hmm. And, but they said to me, you, if you don't start releasing some of this energy, some of this wisdom from your body, it will literally destroy your body because your body, your vessel cannot withstand all of that energy. You are meant to be the vessel. You're meant to communicate it. You are meant to release that out into the world. It is why you are here. And all of these little moments, right, are just bringing so much more clarity to my life's work and what I'm here to do. And that really is for me to commit 100% to me. Yeah. Wow. That is... I think that's so profound what you just said, because I actually could feel even before you said that I could feel that energy in your body creating some kind of pressure. Because if you would imagine all of that light and wisdom coming in and it's accumulating, accumulating, but has nowhere to go or it can't flow out, it can only flow in. (laughs) Right. Like your, your nervous system has a lot to handle then. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this because I, when you start to look at the things that we're doing, you know, if we have a podcast or we have, we write a post or all the things business where what you're doing is you're just basically sharing an energy mm-hmm. an energy with information or with, it's just a transmission and it's a release for you. Yeah. And that feels like, if you hit that sweet spot, I'm sure you can relate those moments you lay in, in bed at night and you just get a download, like just a paragraph or just a chunk of something. Every time I just write it down and I just post it, like I don't care how late it is. I have no idea what's the best time to post on my Facebook. <laughs> I have never looked into that. I just feel when I get it, I just feel it needs to go somewhere. Yeah. For a long time, I didn't do that. But once I started to see it like that and I just wrote it out of my hand, or had to go somewhere, then I felt like my body was going back into a calmer state again. But otherwise I would have had to contain all that energy and then fall asleep like that. Yeah, you're you're so right about that. And I, I think we've talked about this before too, because I've also gotten really I I can't and you know in in this world they talk a lot about like in social media and running your business on social, they talk about batch content writing and I cannot do that for the life of me. So (laughs) I, I write and you're the same way from an inspired space. And even when I do that and then I hold on to it because I think nobody's going to see it at one in the morning, then when I, if I post it the next day, it doesn't feel the same to me. It's like, you're, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm still holding that energy. Yeah. Cause I'm not letting it go somewhere. Yeah. Even if I write it down. Yeah. And then it becomes a mind thing. So you start to think, oh, what was it again? But it wasn't that divine moment where I just light came through 
it, you were literally channeled, it flew out of you, you poured it into some kind of structure you have, and then that's it. And then you have experienced this immense joy. Like, I love when something like that just comes mm-hmm. straight out of writing. I'm like, oh my God, this is so exciting because I am as much excited about reading your work what's it's not for me i don't i don't necessarily feel like it's coming from me i feel like it's coming through me yeah and i enjoy that i am a channel like that yeah (laughs) it really is amazing and i sometimes i feel like i have to pinch myself because i still it's so interesting like the dynamic between my brain and my intuition because I, I don't, I, I definitely notice myself thinking. Um, I'll try to be thinking about things, but then when I drop into my intuitive space, like just the messages that come through for me and the clarity that's there, it's just so incredible to be able to witness the duality that's within me. Mm-hmm. So much so that sometimes I'm like, how am I so intuitive? And I still have this like crazy active brain, <laughs> like <laughs> that I really only use to process my intuition. Um, you know, when I get like the more in-depth downloads and stuff like that. But um, I definitely stop myself when I notice me trying to think my way through something. I don't. I don't honor that the brain for that sort of function anymore, you know? Yeah. It's supportive of the intuition, but not the leading. Exactly. One. Yeah. I am so curious, Kristen, how was your energy when you were in your first years? Do you remember that? Like when I was a kid? Yeah. What was like, what, what was, what, what is your memory of that? Or when you see, when you look at yourself, as a child. So when I was like a baby baby, from what I remember, what I've heard is that I was very, I guess, well-behaved. I was a good kid. Um, I remember my mom told a story of me. I think I was three years old and I sat down at the table and I recited the Pledge of Allegiance to the table and my parents were in complete shock and were not expecting me to do that. And it was actually in that moment where I believe it was imprinted in me to temper my intelligence. Mm. Um. I remember I was in Taekwondo when I was a kid. Um, I was like, I think maybe five. And my dad always tells this story of, um, you know, we were sparring and I was with a boy and you're not supposed to like kick anybody in the head. Like the head was kind of off limits. And this boy kicked me in the head. And my dad said that I like stopped and I shook my head for a minute and then I beat the shit out of him. (laughs) And it's like a proud dad moment. Um, (laughs) But, you know, the interesting thing is that also I remember about Taekwondo is that my best friend, Jeannie, was there with me and I lost a match to her one time. 
and I quit. Mm. I was such a serious, competitive kid. Um, It's like I was already trying to prove myself then. And Mm. I grew up really fast too. I feel like a lot of my years I spent taking care of my sister. My, both of my parents were working. And um, I remember one time um, my sister and I were alone before school and she put a bagel in the microwave for too long. My sister's four and a half years younger than me. So she was like five or whatever at the time. And the microwave caught on fire. Um, so here I am like nine years old and I'm escorting my sister out of the house. And I can tell you, Jen, that I felt like an adult. I I honestly felt like an adult. Um, so that's what I was saying earlier when I feel like we, I feel like I don't, I didn't really have that play experience when I was a kid. Um, I don't know. And maybe, maybe that was, you know, meant to be my path all along, you know, because I showed signs of intelligence very early on as a kid. Um, and I, I think that was intimidating. And it was also something that I, I tempered a lot. Like my mom wanted to put me in like spelling bees and stuff because I was always a really good speller, but I resisted I was like annoyed to be there because I didn't think it was cool. It wasn't cool to be smart. Mm. And even in high school, I was in all the honors classes and I didn't really try. Um, My mom, you know, for a lot of years said to me that I didn't apply myself in school, you know, and that was a huge disappointment for her, you know, because I could have had all these scholarships and, um, even though I still got really good grades, I could have gotten even better grades had I applied myself. But again, I don't think she understood that I had learned at a very early age to temper that, mm. you know? Yeah. It's just the more you look into, like in hindsight, like when you reflect on these stories of of ourselves you just see how so early on you're just being conditioned by what is and what isn't good what is or isn't going to get you love from your parents or from your teacher or whatever and you're just like okay this is good this is not good it's like the skinner box experiment you know and but that is actually just leading you further and further away from your truth because you're you're just living up to someone else's image of you what is good and what isn't good not that they do it like on purpose most of the time but I love that with our work and I think both you and I we would have um, children we would be so super aware that it's not going to be about them pleasing us but that we're gonna literally from like the earliest age place them or point them back towards their own inner knowing and their own auto, uh, autonomy mm-hmm. all the time. Like I see this now with my sister. She's doing, she's doing it so amazingly. She's like, what do you want? What do you want? Is that okay? What do you want? Just so she gets an understanding of who she is, what, what's her desires. Of, obviously there are some 
um, some there has to be some kind of um, guidance there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think you know what I mean, and I think that is. I think that is so important for these upcoming generations that we we don't that they don't have to go through that space of disconnecting to then spend the next 20 to 30 years to reconnect with their yeah. truth but that they can come in in their truth and they stay there <laughs> how amazing would that be right yeah and it's it's interesting because as i look back the the one thing i know was a very intuitive experience for me was my response to religion. And that just as a kid, I rejected the space. I I rejected the energy of it, just the concept, the things that we were learning. I refused to um, receive from the church and I know that that was very frustrating for my mother and, but I, I will say now that that was innate within me. Um, That wasn't just me being a rebellious kid. It was something that wasn't resonant on a soul level. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that then, but I can definitely say that looking back now you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this goes, um, this goes also to the point where we can say, okay, we are a family on 3D earth level. We have come together as a family. We've agreed to pumping a certain role in each other's lives for a certain purpose and for helping each other grow and evolve. But this person is a completely <laughs> comes out of a completely different soul lineage, like has a different home planet in your words. It's all the things, right? Like it that small layer of our 3D family there, there's like there's so much beyond that. Mm-hmm. And when I would think about meeting children or having my own children one day, oh it's my niece, I'm like, I'm so curious just to get to know you. Yeah. get to know who you are like where do you come from what are your what are your gifts what are your perspective on things and I think that also changes a little bit the oh I'm your mom or I am your you know you should listen to me the hierarchy I feel like in upcoming generations and family system there's there's way less like of the hierarch- hierarchical energy and it's more about well we are maybe different ages but we are it's not like, you know, there's no hierarchy. It's so interesting that you bring up hierarchy specifically because that came out in my tune in this morning. I was listening to some podcasts around money yesterday and as I was driving. And one of the things that I heard was that when you worship something else, you're, you're putting, you are not it basically, you are not of that energy. So that's a higher, higher, hierarchy. <laughs> There's a hierarchical, I think that's the word. <laughs> um, 
you know, when you look at something as, as viewing it as better than you or outside of you in any way, whether that's money or an opportunity, um, whatever it is that is a part of your dreams, when you look at it as being better than where you are now, you are not one with that thing. Mm. And one of, so one of the messages that came through today was that you've never believed in hierarchy. So my whole life, I've never believed in hierarchy with people. So even, even like with my parents, you know, my dad and I have a more of like a friendship relationship, but my mom and I are, is very parental relationship. And, um, in corporate, I was the same. I mean, I would talk to the CEO the same way I would talk to anyone else in the company. It, it never mattered to me, like what position you held. I just, I didn't see people like that. You know, it's same thing. If I met like a celebrity somewhere, I would te treat them just like they were any other human. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though I feel that way about hierarchy and humans, for some reason, there is a disconnect sometimes when it comes to things like money, right? Like where I, I went to this networking event here in this beautiful house, right? And um, the house was clearly multi-million dollar home. And I was not like the people there. I was totally on the same level with, I was like, yeah, like I didn't feel beneath anybody there, anything like that, but the home and the money that it represented, I, there was a part of me, I noticed that was, um, you know, I guess you could say envious, like this part of me that is like wishing for more of that in my life, more luxury in my life. Mm hmm and that is me. I, I don't, I wouldn't use the word worship, but that's me seeing money as, as being on a different vibration than I am. Yeah. You know, and that's still a hierarchy. It doesn't have to be based on humans. Everything is energy. Yeah. It seems like when it comes to that subject, we can we can understand that universal oneness in through the lens of many different things. But when it comes to money, it, it feels like it's something different. <laughs> it feels like, Oh, I can see that oneness in all the ways and seeing it like we are one and all the things. But when it comes to money, how can I be, how can I see that as the oneness? How can I, it's the same. It's still a frequency. It just exists within you. But, and I haven't fully found myself merging with a frequency yet either. It's, it's still a puzzle of how can I attune myself to that? What's the, it feels like there's a thing that I'm still missing. Right, right. <laughs> missing there. What's the we'll magic answer? It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll find it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. One of the things, I, I love this podcast. It was... Um, jazz the moon mother on instagram i don't know i think her podcast is called divinely human or something like that but um 
you know, she was talking about just the new paradigm of money in general and that clean new money is based on conscious living and purpose. So like the work, you know, the work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she also talked about like rituals and how like she, she asked the question, what in your rituals would change if you had $150 million in your bank? Mm -hmm. And inside I said nothing. And she said the same thing. She said nothing. Nothing should change about what you're doing if you have $150 million in the bank or you have $150. Mm-hmm. Because that is that is who you are. Like that is your beingness. And it has this is what I think separates and pulls money out of, you know, people who, who define a part of their worth with money. Um, this is what I believe like completely separates that, you know, because like she even said, if you want to actually um, I was watching another live that she did um, with this other woman who was drinking water out of a wine glass. And it was pretty cool, you know, because she, she was like, it just feels more luxurious to me to be drinking. It's funner and whatever, you know, and I have a guy of a huge rose quartz crystal in my water right now. And how can you ritualize those things in your life? And then I've always believed that when I'm in my purpose, when I'm on my life path, I can, I will always be supported some way, somehow. And, and I still believe that. And that's where I believe money does align with you. Like that's where money starts to align is when you've, you're doing what you do because it's your purpose, not because of the money that you expect or think it brings around Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I um over the last few months I can sh- say that or year maybe that I've shifted from because once you start to get into working for yourself, creating your own business, entrepreneurship, at least for me personally, the, the first thing that comes up is okay, I need to got make some money <laughs> on my, to pay my rent and to transition, right? And so I can just truthfully say that even though I was always led on my purpose path, that first, the first few meters, I was like, how can I turn this into products and services so I make yeah. money and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like once we step, I have always felt supported by the universe on that path. Like there was always some influx of money coming in that felt like a wink of the universe saying, hey, keep going. This is awesome. We support you. But it wasn't that massive abundance or that oh like lots and lots and lots right (laughs) right and i had recently had an incredible conversation with my friend around this because she she and i were on a similar page with that and we felt that um we actually had to stretch ourselves and be continue on the path to doing more of the inner work and more of the alignment and more of our heart activation work 
and the, it should have the abundance come in much more sooner, there was a part of our mission or part of our own healing and understanding of what we're here to do that would not have been collected because we would have taken on a really big business. We would be making, we would have systems. Like, I don't know, we would just be distracted by the growth. And in hindsight, I'm very appreciative that it, it has not taken off um, instantly because all the things that I got to find within myself in my heart and in the depth of, of me and of my mission, I feel like it would have been very, very different. Mm-hmm. And of course, I will always continue to work on the inner work. But this is also something that I will now never, ever lose because I know I want to always prioritize my own evolution because that's, for me, that is what's leading my business because it's so intertwined with each other. And this is when I shifted towards, okay, if I am, because I understood that the universe was guiding me completely out of my mind. It was putting the emphasis on living in my heart and not needing, not needing money as any kind of motivation for what I was doing. Right. What if you would not need to make money? What if you would have no expectation? You could just wake up every single day. What would you do? What would your heart wants to do? And then I looked at my business and all the creations through a very different lens. And I thought, wait a minute, I am, forget about that part for a minute. I'm just going to fall deeply in love with what I'm doing with every single thing. Mm-hmm. And the whole, from my inner experience completely shifted. And I know that, I know that once we follow our heart, then the money will follow that passion. That's right. what I really believe. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And when you create from these spaces that are from trying, you know, what can I create? What, you know, what would work well right now? What are people looking for? It's, those are the creations that never pan out because either nobody signs up because you're not in alignment with your own energy or you start receiving from those offerings and then you completely burn out and you're resentful of the offer because it's not aligned because it's not what you wanted. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I, I think I did a post the other day that was like everything that I, I do, I do it for me. And that's true, you know, and, before, when I first started my journey in therapy, it was hard for me to ask for anything that I needed. You know, I thought that was very selfish. And now it's like, how can I ask for more? (laughs) (laughs) And it's the same with business. Like you said, it's just when you create from that space of, it's not even, it's almost like you're not even creating because it's just like, yeah, like, of course I'm a teacher of course, I meant to do this. You know, it's so easy for me. It's so often the things that come so natural to you. Granted, we learned how to do like the intuitive reading work, right? But we have our own spin on how we do it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not like, like really what we learned was how to connect to our own intuition and to let, and to nurture that relationship and energy 
to evolve into our unique creation because none of us do that the same. You know, the experience is so different with all of us, you know, that do this work. A hundred percent. And we see this in, um, Kristen and I, we had a little club. We called it the Truth Bump Club. <laughs> and we would come together every Sunday. And one of us would have the hot seat for 10 minutes. And we would say, okay, I would love your tune-ins on fill in the blank. And then everybody in the group would do their own tune-in. And you could see often, not always, but most often, there was a pattern in what was coming through as a general team or the general guidance, but it was always very differently. Like the light and the perspective and the way it was communicated was so super different from everyone. And Mm -hmm. this is where you knew something in the way you would say it to me, clicked something in me. And then I got another shift or activation from the other person. And so you would collect all these beautiful pieces and realizations and activations from everybody in the group. And I love that. And Mm -hmm. I, I wrote a post about this, like, I think two days ago, this was one of the uh, like 11 PM in bed (laughs) downloads. (laughs) (laughs) And what came through was that the whole, like this new business paradigm is not about problem solution approaches. And funnily enough, that never aligned with me. I found it so freaking hard yeah. to think about, okay, what is the problem that I'm solving? I just couldn't do that. I was like, I just want to create. This is awesome. I'm excited about this. <laughs> and if I'm excited, there should be someone who's equally excited and wants to do this with me, right? But I didn't let myself think like that because I thought, what do I know? I'm just in business since like a year or so. I should these people have made lots of money. They should know what they talk about. So I'll just do the thing that everybody's doing. But that, that frankly never worked out for me. And then I, 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 in the post or in the download, I thought you living your life's mission and being committed to your evolution, you have all the growth things to teach me. And then if there comes such a divine mo- moment in time that life synchronizes for me to find your Facebook page and you say something and I'm like, it rings something in me. And I feel intuitively that I was meant to see that. And then I found out that you actually have a program that starts in seven days that goes into depth on all these subjects. And I know that's exactly the season that I am going through in my soul's journey. I just know this mm-hmm. is how I've always bought something. I've never bought something off of something that was a problem solution rumble or anything <laughs> like that. I, I saw there was one course. This is a good example. It was a priestess ordination program. I didn't even know what a priestess was. Let me tell you that. <laughs> I had never heard of the word. I didn't know what an ordination meant. I didn't know the English word. I saw this girl interviewing someone I liked on, on YouTube that I followed a spiritual teacher. And I saw an interview between the two of them. My fingers just led me towards going to this girl's YouTube channel all of a sudden, next thing I knew, I was hearing her speak about a priestess ordination program. And I just knew. And I set up a call and she's like, she didn't even have to sell anything to me. I already knew, like, it was just like, how can I pay? Exactly. <laughs> I just followed my guidance and, and it was perfect because she gave me a key that she hold 
and she unlocked the next thing for me. And I think that's what this new paradigm is going to be about. We focus on our own path. We, we have keys. We grow even more of our keys. We find more keys within ourselves. We share that with the world. Sales is just sharing our excitement. And then we opt in based on an intuitive led decision. Yeah. It's simple. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. But I guess here comes the trust in as we're paving the way towards normalizing that there is a transition and it's like, okay, I know I should trust this. And there may, there may be, a, 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 it's new. I, I am not experienced with super experienced with that yet. I, I am just starting to taste what that could be like. And I just have to trust that that's going to be the way that aligns with me. Yeah. I've always been so forward thinking that it, yeah, to me to try, for me to try to market to the version of me, like back in corporate is a like, it's a struggle. Like some parts of me is like, I don't even remember who I was back then. I mean, of course I remember to a certain degree, but I've, because I'm so different now, it's, it's hard for me to go back and strategize based on that version and I don't feel going all the way back to the beginning of our conversation now, I don't feel that this has to be hard, you know? So if I'm struggling to create something, that's an immediate indicator that this is not the way for me. Yeah. And I agree that, you know, when I, when I'm just creating from what, feels good and aligned in my heart. I fully anticipate and expect, and I've set the intention so that the right people in the right time will come to me and, and want to work with me. And they don't even need to know if they fit into one of my offerings. It's just like they know that they like my energy and it's time. That's yeah. all it needs to be. Yeah. You exactly. know, because we create, we co-create whatever it is together, right? Even in the readings that we do, we're co-creating that space. This is not so many people, I think, you know, can look at like, you know, having someone do a reading for you. It's like, they're the ones with all the power, like, don't give them that. Know that it's always both energies that are co-creating that space. And if it's not, honestly, you might want to question that interaction or that relationship because <laughs> that's what it should be. Yeah. You know, oh in my, my opinion. Absolutely. They are just a guide. And we're all just there's I think this is quote from Rumi that goes, we're all just walking each other home. Mm -hmm. I, love I, that. I really like that one. Yeah. And, and when you were speaking, I thought, well, all our hearts are connected. So when we start to create from our heart space. And I always do this before I go into session, I visualize my heart connecting with the heart of the person I'm going to do, have my session with. 
And that feels really beautiful because we just become one in the co-creation. Yeah. And when we do that, when we are in tune with our heart and we receive an idea for a product or service or a workshop, it's coming from a field that we're all connected with. So if we receive that and we trust that and we act upon that, it's not something created separate from others. So it will be some, something that is meant to synchronize with those who are meant to be part of it. Yeah. Oh, this is such a good conversation. And I'm sure we could talk for hours on hours. <laughs> <laughs> like we do. <laughs> right. How do you feel? Do you feel like this would be a good spot to end? Or is there anything I, else you want to say? Um, yeah, I feel like there's a little bit on the on the trust because everything we just spoke about, and even the creation, but also in life, wh- when when we are not embedded in the energy of trust, all of the grace of the things we just spoke about just gets blurry or gets lost. Yeah, and can lead you back into the same patterns. Yeah. Yeah. What has been one of your biggest like realizations around trust? Mm. I'm curious. Honestly, that for me, it was realizing that I always do, this is related to fear. So I always do whatever I'm afraid of because I have I have that tenacity and that trust within me, even though I may not see it. Clearly, I know I have my back because I always do the thing that I'm afraid of. That was a huge moment for me. And then it became more about, well, how can I collapse these timelines? How can I stay less in fear and more in creation? Mm. And for me, that's, that takes a lot of trust that takes me knowing that. And also I would say that I'm, I'm also really okay with something not working out, mm-hmm. you know? So if I try something and it, and it's just like, no, I, I want to shift this. I want to change it to this. Then I, I let myself do that. And I've done that a lot with my business I realized that me staying in my own alignment, my integrity is to me, is more important than me doing what I said I was going to do six months ago that doesn't feel good anymore. Like I have been forced to trust that when I stay in alignment, nothing but good can come from that yeah oh I love that that is so powerful how about you well I was I'm just exploring as we talk but I was receiving um once you once you have clarity on what would be in your heart with the thing you would love to create and what that will look like and you know letting yourself float into this beautiful um visions then and this is what i'm going to do now is to ask yourself okay what would it what would trust look like 
what it would it look like if I would trust yeah. this creation or this manifestation or this unfolding? Yeah. A- and then align with that in your behavior and in yeah. your day to day. Because yeah. when you don't, you're in suffering. Yeah. And that's why I immediately responded with the thing on fear, because if I just stayed, you know, computing with what's going to happen, what might happen or any of that, it, it just brings me into a, it, it takes me out of the now and it, it puts me in a space of struggle. I'm struggling with something that hasn't even happened yet, <laughs> you know? And it, I, I read, um, I read the book, The Science of Getting Rich. Mm-hmm. And I have these notes that I read every single day. And I'm going to read this one to you because it's true. It's so pertinent to write to this topic. Do not concern yourself with questions as to how you shall surmount obstacles in your horizon unless you can plainly see that the course must be altered today in order to avoid them. Give no anxious thought to possible disasters, obstacles, panics, or unfavorable combinations of circumstances. It is time enough to meet such things when they present themselves before you in the immediate present, and you will find that every difficulty carries with it the wherewithal for its overcoming. And so when I find myself in those moments, because I'm still, you know, like, for example, starting this podcast, it's been in my energy for a long time. And now, now I'm doing it, you know, there, there will be some sort of good energy coming my way because I'm putting this out into the world. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like it's, what do you have to lose? Yeah. And we will, we will just find out over and over again. There's this. Um, it's a word in psychology I I don't remember maybe it comes to me soon but how we overestimate or give so much power to future potential future potential catastrophes like we think of them in the wildest possible scenarios but it's so over exaggerated it will Mm -hmm. it's it's so once you feed into the energy, it just becomes more and it becomes bigger and it becomes a really big bear of an of an possible catastrophe that could happen to you. But if you just drop that whole energy, you don't even give into it, and you just spend every moment in the in the in your purity, just in presence. You also create those realities because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. So you want to be aware of where and how you are writing certain scripts. And really, this is the lifelong practice, but going just from one present moment into another. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I feel now complete, Kristen. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. All right. Well, um, if you like Jen's energy, all of her contact information will be in the show notes so please reach out to her and connect with her if you feel divinely pulled to her energy and otherwise we'll see you next time